keeping you up to date on the world of social media. Industry experts, innovators, creators, storytellers, and the latest social media tools, tips, and tactics. This is Social Media News Live. Hello, folks. Welcome to Social Media News Live. I'm Jeff C., and you're not. And I'm Paul Gatter, and this is the show that's going to keep you up to date with what's happening in social media and so much more. And, you know, creating content is a fulfilling pursuit, but for many of us creators, turning that passion into a, a sustainable source of income can be a really daunting task. While there, you know, there's tons of different ways to monetize content from sponsorships to affiliate marketing, the reality is that competition is fierce and algorithms are constantly changing. What worked yesterday might not work tomorrow, and it can be challenging to stay on top of the latest trends and strategies. Despite these challenges, creators are committed to finding ways to earn income from their content so they can continue doing what they love while supporting themselves financially. And that's why we're excited to have Kim Garst on the show today, as she's gonna be sharing her expert tips and proven strategies for making money as a content creator. Kim, so excited that you are here today with us. Well, super excited uh, to be here. And honestly, this has like been my journey, I guess, if you will, for uh, years now. So to be able to share uh, the, you know, what really did work versus what didn't and what I see a lot of people still doing that's not probably not monetizable for them uh, is exciting uh, to have this conversation with you guys. So thanks for having me. So I wanted to let you guys know if you, for some reason, if you haven't been on the interwebs for the last, I don't know, 10 years, I want to introduce you to Kim because she is one of the world's most retweeted people among digital marketers. She is a renowned marketing strategist, keynote speaker, and an international best-selling author of Will the Real You Please Stand Up, Show Up, and Be Authentic and Prosper in Social Media. It's a great book. And as well as she is the founder of Authority Creator, and we're going to talk a little bit about that later, but she helps entrepreneurs grow their businesses using social and digital media strategies. Forbes named her as one of the top 10 social media power influencers, and she has been featured by Fox News, CBS News, The Huffington Post, Entrepreneur.com, Business Week, and Social Media Examiner, and the show. Uh, so she knows what she's talking about, folks, and we're going to dive into that. But first of all, I want to give us a big shout out to my friends over over at Ecamm. They're the sponsors of the show. You can find out more about them at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. And I wanted to tell you guys really quickly to go ahead and sign up because they have their Leap Into Live Selling which is a two-day interactive virtual summit coming up. And th this year, they're helping you take the leap into live selling with an amazing lineup of expert speakers. Paul will be speaking there. I will be speaking there. Uh, Chris and Jim Fuse of Dealcaster is going to be there. And they're going to be covering all aspects of live selling, shoppable video, and monetizing from getting started on these live selling platforms. They're going to help you find clients, repurpose your live selling skills, and a ton more. So by the end of this event, you'll be able to take on live selling uh, the space by so storm. You can find out more about it by going to leapintolive.com. That's leapintolive.com. Go ahead and get there and sign up today because it is going to be amazing. Uh, so go ahead and do that. So I'm really excited for that coming up. So let's dive into this, Kim, this creator income strategies, but I want to talk real quick because it's right in the news. And Paul, I want you to jump in with your thoughts as well. TikTok. They just had this big meeting yesterday in front of Congress, and it was really interesting because both sides, which is, I don't know the last time both sides have like agreed on something, uh, said that this is a danger. TikTok's kind of, and for all the articles I read, they said it's, you know, this is really not good for TikTok. They wanted to either sell um, TikTok or, you know, just ban it altogether. I want to know what you guys think in the comments. What were your thoughts after watching some of the stuff in the news yesterday? But this is the problem, Kim, because they actually flew in influencers, of course, because they built their platform on TikTok. And, you know, they're, they're worried that, you know, this will go away. And this is part of the problem with monetizing on a certain platform. So talk about what you see and what you have done maybe to offset some of this or what you're teaching to help offset some of this. 
Such a great question. You know, the reality is uh, TikTok and, and others, I mean, you could, I, and I'll point back to a few other things that have happened over the course of the time that I've been in this space that were hot in the moment and then they're no longer. So, mm-hmm. but the reality is when we build our business off of the, off of rented land, we have to understand that there is the opportunity for that rented land to go away, <laughs> you know? So, you know, a, a couple of instances, uh, club house was a huge um, platforms. I mean, it's still out there uh, in all fairness, but it's lost its fizzle uh, for a lot of marketers. You know, they've moved on to the next shiny object, TikTok or wherever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Periscope uh, was a big uh, platform. Uh, you know, when live um, video became a big thing, Periscope was kind of leading the forefront and it's no longer even in existence. I mean, uh, technically, I guess you could say uh, Twitter Live is the replacement for that. But the point is that when you are building your audience, in a place, a specific location, you know, whether it's Clubhouse or Periscope or uh, TikTok, um, that is subject to the whims of a lot of things. It could be political, like like it is now with TikTok. It could be because the platform uh, goes under financially. I mean, look at Blab. I mean, Blab's another one, right? So um, there's lots of things that impact our businesses that we have no control over. So it's super important. I'm going to say it again. It's super important <laughs> that um, that you move your audience to a place that you own. Uh, and it's more important than just just the, the having that audience move to a location you own, like you're, you know, maybe it's a community that is off of social. Maybe it is um, your email list, uh, which I would highly recommend. Um, but again, having that audience somewhere where you can get their undivided attention in a moment, um, because today we're, you know, we're competing with a lot of other content out there and it's getting harder and harder to stand out in a very crowded marketplace. So, Paul, when you saw this stuff yesterday, what were you thinking about, like with, you know, where TikTok is on this this landscape for creators? Yeah, you know, one of the things that I think is amazing about TikTok is that some non-traditional online businesses have really thrived on that platform. So, you you know, you see brick and mortar stores, restaurants, you know, small mom and pop shops are all of a sudden going viral with a piece of content and their businesses boom. Or, you know, I've seen several videos where uh, somebody will post, I think there's a famous one where a daughter posted a, a video of her mom working in this restaurant and working hard, but nobody ever came. And all of a sudden the next day, you know, they're sold out and that's great. And I don't, I think what Kim's saying is so important, um, especially for these folks that aren't really familiar with digital strategies and haven't been in the digital marketing world uh, that are all of a sudden getting success on TikTok is you've got to go back to those basics, email lists, you know, you, you've got to build those things. Um, when you do hit these viral things, I think, yeah, you've got to go back to that. So, Kim, before we move on, I wanted to just ask you, like, okay, let's do some, like, really, you know, okay, what should you do? Let's say you're on TikTok, you've got a platform, it's your most popular um, social platform, that's where you're getting traffic, that's maybe even where you're making sales from. What would you tell those people to do now with what we found out yesterday? Well, so uh, this goes back to my own experience too. Uh, when I first started in social media, 12, 13 years, what, however long ago it was, it's been a minute. Um, I um, did exactly like a lot of creators are doing right now. So when I, when I'm, when I wanted to preface that because I want you to know you're not alone and a lot of us do exactly what you're doing, which is you just get started. You just get on the road, you start throwing stuff at the wall. Sometimes you have some success. Sometimes you have immense success, success and, and then there you are. So my story uh, was I had about 750,000 uh, followers on various social platforms before anyone told me that I needed to be uh, building an email list. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess going back to your exact question, um, which is what should you do? You should be trying to move those people uh, as quickly as you can to a place where you can connect with them uh, long-term, a place that you own, preferably your email list. Uh, you know, that would be the best way. Now, how are you going to move those people, right? So it would be give them something value-based to 
um, have that opportunity to showcase that content. Um, or, you know, you could, uh, or, or, you know, a freebie of some sort. You could uh, start a community somewhere else for your, I would call your rabid fans, you know, your, you know, the people mm-hmm. who just are consuming your content and just love, you know, whether you call them raving fans or whatever. But maybe that's a subscription service somewhere like Patreon or somewhere. Um, but yeah, you need to be moving these people somewhere that you have, you can continue to serve them because if something happens with TikTok, which it could totally, it's a total, total realistic um, occurrence that it could be shut down here in the US. If that happens, then what happens to your audience? It's gone. So move your audience someplace that you own. All right. So that is a tough thing. That could be a whole show, actually, is like how to do that. Um, You know, a lot of us had the same thing with Google Plus when we were first starting on Google Plus. There you go, Chris Stone, drinking game, uh, because he always says I say Google Plus at least once during the show. Um, And Dustin Stout and my friend Peg Fitzpatrick had like millions of followers before they and I think you did, too, Kim, over there before they shut down and like. That's a big blow if you have it all built on that one platform. So uh, moving on, and a great way to do that is make sure uh, some to get on the email list like we talked about. Once again, go back two or three uh, episodes, listen to Paul talk about building an email list and some strategies. We also have had Liz uh, Wilcox on the show before. Go back and search that one. That's a great uh, another great one on how to build your email list. So uh, we'll continue to, to bring in experts to talk about that because it is so important. But when we get – let's talk about this creator landscape Um Kim, that, you know, kind of going out a little bit further. So what are some ways that content creators can make money from their content? Because a lot of times we're just making, when we first get started, like you mentioned, we're just putting stuff out there. We're seeing what sticks. Um, And then, you know, everybody's saying monetize, monetize, and that sounds great. But what are some ways that creators can make money? Well, this is, again, part of the problem is, you know, they get started, they get on the road and kudos to you for doing that, because that's the hardest part, I think, is putting yourself out there. Um, but many of them don't have a any business um, infrastructure to support, you know, much, much beyond being able to trade their influence within the community that they've built for money. So that's like influencer gigs of, you know, whether you, if that, that's what I call them, influencer opportunities, sponsored opportunities where a brand approaches you because you have a, a connected community of their ideal buyers and they're willing to give you money for that. But that is what I would call, and from experience, a flash in the pan. And it is, it's uh, not an infinite uh, thing. I mean, you can certainly, it should be an income stream for you, um, but it's, it's, you're building somebody else business really at that point instead of building your own business you're building that brand's sales other uh, granted they're giving you some revenue for it but um, you know it's it's a one and done kind of relationship unless you have a long-term um, uh, you know a relationship with that brand so Unfortunately, though, that's what I see happening the most is where, you know, influencers are are trading the influence they've built for money um, instead of doing other things um, that would give them a longer longevity uh, from a financial perspective, which is not is sexy, (laughs) but it needs to be done. You know, building out your infrastructure, building your email list, having a website that is designed for conversion. You know, those are not as you know, we could. Content creation is so much more fun than, you know, the the back end side of a business. But I would just encourage all creators to know that um, if you really want your business to have legs and keep you keep revenue coming through the door, you're going to have to have some principles of business in place. That's great. That's a great uh great option and sometimes that's easier said than done uh, right and yeah probably- and that's why i said it's yeah. not sexy yeah. but and it's it is harder you know because uh it's an it's an unknown uh, a lot of a lot of creators don't have that business expertise right mm-hmm. they just have a passion for what they do and and that's amazing but the passion that the, around what it is that they do is going to be deep more you're going to be able to monetize it at deeper levels if you have some business infrastructure set up. 
Yeah. And it, it's changing so fast. You know, when I got started um, with monetization, I was doing Google AdSense. That was the thing, right? And, and now we're, you know, in this creator economy with, like you're talking about, uh, you know, sponsored brand deals. But what are, you know, has this thing, we're, we're it feels like it's changing every day. You know, I've found new monetization things last week that I didn't know about. Um, so, you know, what are you seeing as some of the new trends that are coming out as, as we rapidly kind of adjust all this new technology? Yeah, I, I think that when it comes to um, understanding how you can monetize your uh, content, I if I was to share some of my experiences with this is instead of like really focusing in on the latest and greatest shiny object, go back to the tried and true principles of marketing um, because they will not fail you. So let me give you an example. Um, affiliate marketing has been around forever <laughs> and it is not going away. Affiliate marketing is just a brand saying, hey, if you send me refer a referral, a lead or traffic, you know, we'll get you, uh, we'll give you a percentage of the sale, right? It's, it's, it's been around forever. And it's like saying you go to a movie and you tell everybody about it, but you don't get paid for it, right? So it's just a way for you to uh, monetize essentially. And sometimes it goes hand in hand with influencer opportunities. Sometimes influencers will, uh, brand deals will give you the opportunity to also monetize from an affiliate perspective. But that works um, and it will work for you consistently. Um, my my blog, for example, uh, generates six figures in affiliate revenue a year because I have done the work. Now, this is the, ki this is the <laughs> kicker. I want you guys to understand if you do the work one time, you can get paid for it over and over and over again. So I've got blogs that I wrote, you know, seven, eight years ago that still generate traffic and they give me referral revenue because that people click on those links and they go to rev.com or they go to ecamm or, you know, they go to whomever I've recommended. And by virtue of that, um, if somebody makes a decision to buy that product or service, then um, that brand gives me a, sends me a paycheck. Um, so doing things like that is um, I, I would focus on building those things, things that are not necessarily shiny objects, but will absolutely help you monetize. Um, other things um, can be like AdSense, right? You could use websites like Mediavine. As long as your website has traffic, you can use those types of um, platforms. But what if you don't have traffic to a website? Which is, again, why don't you? But the reality right. is there are people who don't, right? That, that just focus primarily on the social platforms and their website's not really optimized for uh, content or even conversion. So in those instances, you're more, um, unfortunately, you're a little bit more reliant on uh, finding other avenues. You know, uh, um, Jeff and I've talked about Amazon. Uh, their influencer program is an amazing opportunity that you don't require a built-in traffic source. You know, Amazon has a traffic source. So if you can create content on Amazon, and by the way, Amazon is just one of the many places that I that are coming that are ultimately going to have these influencer programs. Um, Walmart's rolling one out. Target's rolling one out. Um, all of these bigger brands that have a um, products, you know, they want people like you and me to tell other folks about their, you know, whatever it is, you know, this lip gloss or, you know, my, my mug and why I love it. Um, because those are real to the buyer. So there's, there's so much opportunity in those types of, of uh, instances. So I guess it really depends on uh, you ultimately stepping back from it for a hot second and saying, what can I do? And then what makes the most sense? And then I would also say this, where can your content live? evergreen on an evergreen basis. So we spend a lot of time creating content. Don't you want it to have longevity for you? You know, uh, creating content for Amazon, it's going to stay there for a while, right? It's going to be there. It's going to have the opportunity to be seen and people are going to are going to make buying decisions based on it. But if you just throw your content up on Twitter, for example, and it's one and done, um, that piece of content has a, a 30 second lifespan. Right. So make sure that your content lives in a place where it is going to have some longevity, like YouTube or Amazon or your website. 
So those are all great things. And I want to, and I want to talk about some of the things that you mentioned. And one of the things is like the challenges content creators face. So we're not going to, I don't want to talk about the content creators who are just maybe just getting started because you're still trying to figure out what you want to do. And that's a great, we all started there. We've all yep. been to that place where we're trying to see what works, our voice, our character online. Um, that's, that's when you're still trying to figure out. And it's probably not time to monetize because um, you don't ever want to monetize out of panic. Like I have to have this because I need this money. That's not a great time to monetize. You want to be able to sit back and like plan and be strategic. But let's talk about maybe these creators who, okay, they've done some affiliate stuff um, and they're really interested. They're really keying on what you're saying, Kim, about, okay, I want to do something once and sell it multiple times. So talk about some of those challenges and then how you can overcome that. Because I think that's where a lot of people are. Like a lot of our audience, they're there, they're creating content. They know what kind of works. You know, Gary knows that Instagram is great for him. Jim and Chris know that, yeah, I'm making some money over on Amazon and I can train about that so I can see that. But some of these creators are like, you know, I want to create that thing and sell it more than once, but I don't know where to start. It's, It's a really big hurdle to get over that next step. Oh, absolutely. So, one of the things we t- teach in Authority Creator um, is instead of creating all the content, create the right content and then use that content to build a circle of influence. I think based on what I did and what I'm hearing you say, and I see it all the time. So again, don't beat yourself up on, uh, about it if this is you, but we get started and we just throw stuff against the wall and we see what sticks and some of it does and some of it doesn't. But I actually think a creator can monetize pretty much from the get go if they're, they're smart. So what I mean by that is Um, One, you have to understand what it is that you're going to do for the person that needs you, right? Like, what is that transformation that you are going to be able to help them with? What problem are you going to solve for them? Um, And then take that, uh, whatever that is, you know, that's, that's, you know, I call that messaging, you know, because that's how you lead with the content. That's how ultimately you're going to attract that person to you that's going to be ultimately the buyer for you. So um, what is the 10 and, and just Think about it through the lens of 10 pieces of content that you could create. So 10, um, 10 pieces of content that are focused around um, what are what is that person looking for when they are looking for the problem that you solve for them? So what kind of questions are they asking and or what kind, what do they need to believe in order for them to make a buying decision with you? So if you're looking at it through that creator lens, like think about it. It depends on who your person is, depending on what kind of content you've been uh, creating or want to create. But if you look at it through that opportunity on the other side of the fence, meaning what is your view? Or, or your prospect, you know, the, the, the person that you're trying to attract to you, what do they care about? And how can you create that, that content? 10 pieces of content, that's it. Create that 10 pieces of content for YouTube. Why? Because YouTube has an ever, is an evergreen platform. It is searchable, so you don't need an audience there already um, for people to find you, find your content. Um, so um, obviously YouTube is uh, a huge platform. It's growing at astronomical rates. Pinterest is another uh, search engine. I would highly recommend you put that same content on Pinterest. Um, and then slice and dice that content in different ways, in different formats, um, and share that in all the social places. Do that for 60 to 90 days. Um, let that be your content um, base for 60 to 90 days. Um, and if you do that, that builds your circle of influence. That builds every play, Every time somebody sees you in a place, they're like, wow, is this person like reading my mind? They're answering the question I have around this. Um, and that goes back to, again, this is the critical piece of this advice and this strategy is you do need a place where they can go and it's very clear to them that you have a solution to, to their problem and you have a way for them to get on the path to working with you. So that means your website. Your website uh, needs to be you know, crafted for uh, your person and it needs to give them a clear path to getting on the path, getting on the road to working with you above the fold. Mm. Wow, that was a great section. Yeah, sorry, that was a lot. <laughs> no, that was good stuff. So I'm like, I just <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's great. If you're starting out, you know, you're talking about building content for YouTube and, and for your uh, website. You, any tips for that new creator 
figuring out where what is the best platform what is the best content type and you know for each different content type or, or different platform you know how important is engaging the audience and, and how do you turn your audience into buyers Mm, such a great question. I think the, the going back to that strategy, if, if, the, if everybody just said, okay, here's 10 pieces of content, I'm going to slice that and dice that content up um, and use it in the format that people are um, mostly uh, consuming, short form content in particular, right? So we're talking about YouTube uh, shorts, um, uh, TikTok, Instagram, all of those platforms where if you just created variations of the content that you just, just to, that was answering those 10 uh, basic things that I mentioned before, then you you have that opportunity to start engaging your audience around things that they, they care about that's still in alignment with the thing that you want to charge for, right? Um, so at, attracting people to you through value-based content is absolutely top of, you have to focus there. So that's why if you think about it, if you think about the way people are um, searching for solutions to problems that they have, they go to the Google machine and they type their question in, right? So the the reason that I am suggesting doing something like this is answering those questions for people so that when they see your answer on social media somewhere, they're like, man, I, I wanted to know the answer to that question. This person just gave me that answer. Um, so that's a way for you. One value-based content is a way to engage your audience consistently. Um, I think that's the most critical path. Um, the problem, enter the problem today, is we are competing against so much value-based content today. And how do you stand out in that audience, in that crowd? Um, what is most um I think the biggest problem that I see is just that, capturing people's attention over and over again. Um, and that goes back to, I think, a, a combination of things, making sure that your content can be seen in a variety of places and a variety of formats. Um, actually talking with people, um, getting involved in conversations, um, not just using social as a broadcast platform. Um, and then the bigger issue really though, is when you've got their attention, um, are you directing them somewhere to where they can start down the road to getting in your ecosystem? That could be a freebie of some sort. It could be a low ticket item. It could be it could be anything. It could be a recommendation for a, a product that you have an affiliate uh, relationship with. But it really is about being intentional, I think, with your content, value-based with your content, and then having a plan to get that person into your ecosystem in some in some way, because that's the only way for you to consistently have their attention in any given moment. It's got to a place where social is not enough anymore. We have to move people to a place where we can get their undivided attention, whether that's email, whether that's a community that you built that's off of you know the primetime social. Um, it, we've just got to start to work. It's almost like we have to work a little harder today than we ever have before. Yes. And it's not always easy. And so, you know, that your whole thing is why I've kind of developed a uh, discord server and I'm kind of playing with that and getting my community in over there. And so, um, I totally agree with all you're saying. I want to bring, you know, we have such great uh, people who join our show live every week. Uh, Robin says, hello, some of my most favorite people. A uh, big Kim Garth fan here. So Kim brought her fan group with her as well. Uh, Gary, uh, who is a, a great supporter every week, he says, Amazon Live seems like a great place to be. It is, Gary. Come on in. The water is yeah. the water's warm. Um, but he goes also, not all of us are the Ron Pope of drink cups, though, and we should have a product that we could, you know, go long on, which that's the key, isn't it, Kim? It's it's really hard to find that piece of content or that niche or that product that we can really dive into. And, and that's a struggle that we all have, I think. Yeah. And the reality is, you know, when I've said this before, where, and I've always told my kids this, like, you know, you don't have to know what you want to do the rest of your life. You get on the road and it's the same with content or even a business model is I can't, 
you just get on the road and then you, you know, as it forks, you take the next path. I can't tell you how many times I've iterated. And um, when it comes to social media in particular, this is a one of the things I think if I had to say what big lesson that I've taken over the years um, is social media is a constant evolution. It is a con the only thing you can you can consistently say is true about it is change. It will mm -hmm. consistently change. Um, and that's why I think the, the what I said before, and I'll say it again, is why we need to focus on principles of marketing versus shiny object marketing. And it's very hard to do. Uh, so, and I'm I'm a recovering. No, I'm not. I still <laughs> get into the shiny. I can't even say I'm recovering because I am attracted to shiny objects um, all the time. And um, what's the latest and greatest technique or, or whatever? But one of the things, um, having done this for almost 32 years, hard to believe that. Um, but the principles of marketing, uh, I think, are are never going to shift. So how do we like build foundational things that will serve us to, for the long play, as you said, and and that is is you know leveraging social as a as a way to attract people to us. But how do we use a longer term strategy that's going to give us the long play outcome um, versus, you know, just posting a piece of content. And, you know, even if it goes viral, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. Viral is one of those things that, okay, somebody gets a viral piece of content, but what's the business application for it? Does it drive business? Did you get more dollars in your bank right. account? There's absolutely cases where that's happened, but the majority of those viral posts don't generate revenue. So, Again, what can we do that's actually going to give us that circle of influence that's always working for us um, that drives revenue? So I want to know in the comments who here uh, has shiny object syndrome, you know, squirrel. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about this new thing called ChatGPT or not, but um, I, it seems like the entire internet is aflame with it. And all these industries are thinking every tool that I have is integrating AI in some way. Um, so... I think with this specifically, and this is kind of almost like a character of, uh, you know, shiny object syndrome, is that, yes, we can use this stuff as a tool to make us money, but using it as a tool. So um, speaking of somebody who's not a tool, it is um, Dustin Stout here has a great comment. He goes, Evergreen is the staple of any brand that wants to be around 12 months from now. Totally true, Dustin. And speaking Amen. of Evergreen... Don't forget about our friends who help you create evergreen content. See how smooth that transition was. Uh, socialmedianewslive.com forward slash ecam. They are what make the show possible. They This is what is so amazing about this uh, this this technology. And you've heard about me talking about it before. But now when I'm done with the show, I'm going to have all my tracks separated uh, for Kim and Paul and myself. And also the video tracks now are all separated. So I can, like Kim was saying, repurpose all of this stuff super easy. Uh, if you go back to my Instagram reel or look on uh, my um, YouTube shorts for this channel, you'll see one with Paul and I that did really, really well. That was all created because of the technology that I am able to use with Ecamm. So if you haven't checked that out yet, make sure you do it at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. Kim, we got to go. I mean, there's so many things I want to talk to you about. So I've got to really prioritize. So we're going to talk about actually monetizing your, your content, actually some strategies to do this with. So, mm -hmm. and you've done almost, I mean, I, you have experimented a lot. You've done a lot of this stuff because mm -hmm. I've seen you and you're very transparent when you're doing this stuff. So what are some of the ways, and I'm Paul, I want to get your thoughts about this as well, because I know you've done this. Some of the most effective ways to monetize your blog or your website, not past things, you know, but things now in 2023 that you can do to monetize your blog or your website. The best strategy I've ever found, again, it's just principle based. It is affiliate marketing um, where I've embedded affiliate links into um, my blog over the years. Um, and I will say until about a, a couple of years ago, we weren't very intentional with this strategy. Um, it was a hit or miss, which is, again, one of those things where I just got started and like, oh, well, let's throw stuff at the wall and see what see what works. But I realized we were generating a lot of revenue from unlikely places. And I'm like, well, where's that coming from? And we uh, discovered it was coming through traffic to, uh, to my blog. So we we're like, well, let's just get intentional about this. So we went 
went back through all of the blog content, which took some time and energy. Any place I had recommended anything, um, we um, we uh, inserted affiliate links. So we had to sign up for all those affiliates and, and then we embedded those links. Now, here's a real key strategy that I, I hope you will take away from this is these of uh, these brands, uh, tools, resources, whatever that you're recommending, sometimes they change their affiliate platforms, and when they when that happens, the link it's itself shifts. So there you are, right? Mm-hmm. So what we ended up doing um, was we would, we created a pretty link, which is a plugin for WordPress. So we would create a pretty link for each of those affiliate relationships, and um, and there's two there two reasons that this is super important, and why I'm mentioning it. Um, one, when that um, that brand or that resource or that tool changes affiliate um, platforms, all we have to do is go in and change the pretty link, uh, and it will uh, fix all of the links in any blog post that I have. So it's one place to fix all the links instead of trying to backtrack all the places that I may have used that link previously. So that's super important from a time saving perspective. And two, if you are if you're live like this and you're going to recommend a tool. Um, like, for example, uh, Ecamm or um, any tool, you could just say whatever your domain name is, kimgaris.com forward slash name of whatever it is, right? It could be, you know, um, Active Campaign, it could be Ecamm, it could be, you know, whatever. So it's really very easy for you to make recommendations on the fly. uh, for your your affiliate relationships, um, so that's they're very powerful in the social setting too. If somebody asks you what you use for X Y Z, so the blog is one core component. But what if um, you know you're not blogging yet? Well, I recommend that you do start blogging, even though it's more competitive than it ever has been, um, because that is a great place to house your content um, and a great place for you to seed your authority. Um, and your expertise, um, and it's a place you own. So affiliate marketing um, is probably my number one um, strategy. It generates about six figures in revenue a year for me. Um, so I think that's important. Um, sponsored blogs, I've done those as well. Um, I'll, um, so what's a sponsored blog? It's basically a place where you um, write a blog around a specific um, topic, uh, but somebody is paying you to do that. And there's a mention usually, sometimes it's a blog, sometimes it's just a sponsored link inside of a blog. Um, my top pain um gig like that, if you will. I think I uh, MasterCard once paid me 25K um, for a sponsored blog. So you, that gives you some framework for like how high you could go. Um, and of course, you could go even higher if your blog gets a lot of traffic. So those are, all, again, all opportunities uh, for you. But I guess one of the the last strategy I would have is use your, your website to uh, build your email list. You know, most people will tell you that the the money is in the list. Um, I would say that's sort of a misnomer because if you don't build a relationship with that list, then the list is probably not going to do you a whole lot of good. So when I say build a list, build a list, but also engage with that list, give value to that list. And one of those ways, by the way, is blog content. Mm. So, Paul, you said you have a question. Go ahead and ask that. Yeah, well, first, I want to uh, the pretty link, the brilliant idea. I use pretty links for lots of stuff, but I'd not thought about using it for affiliate. And that happens to me all the time. Affiliates change. Um, I had one that I was making good money with and they switched their platform entirely. And I still don't know if I have all the affiliate links fixed for that one. Um, but and I also wanted to note something you said, and that is being intentional. You know, yeah, I raised my hand when we were talking about shiny syndrome. I, I I try to resist that, and what I've tried to do over the last couple of years is when I do implement a new, especially a monetization strategy, is that I focus on it for as long as I can and make sure that I am very intentional about it and not just chasing it. I think I did that for a long time, just chasing little, chasing everything and not doing them well. So I think that was really important. Um, I hope people got that. And, you know, I'll add to that as far as uh, monetizing your website. One of the biggest things I ever did that made a huge difference for me is growing my traffic to the point where I could get on something like Mediavine. Um, that if you're blogging, make that your goal is to get on Mediavine or AdThrive or one of those ad networks. It's going to make a huge difference. Um, but, you know, as people are starting out and they're, and they're looking for these sponsored 
post and they're you know working on the MasterCard. So you know, I guess the, my question is how how do you build build content that attracts people like that, and how do you find those deals? Where are you going to to um, generate those kind of relationships? Oh, such a great question. So I wish that I could say I was very intentional with outreach when it comes to influencer opportunities, but all of my uh, relationships really have bumped into me. That's what I call it a strategy. That's not a strategy, by the way. <laughs> um, but, um, but I, you know, you can wait until somebody sees your content um, and decides that you have value based content and they want to, you know, they want to, um, I have some sort of a, a relationship with you. But today um, it is um, way more efficient um, and so much more opportunity for smaller influencers um, to have an outreach strategy. You know, ma making um, a part of your influencer, uh, making influencer marketing a part of your overall strategy. Um, and you can do that literally from the time you have 500 or to 1,000 uh, followers on any social platform, especially the ones that are the hottest uh, tickets right now, which I would say, and I'm going to probably order them in the way that I feel they're the most, um, that I'm seeing the most traction when it comes to people trying to get influencer opportunities. That's probably TikTok number one, Instagram number two, um, and YouTube number three. Now, um, that's just, again, that's just what I'm seeing because that's one of the things we teach an authority creator is um, how you go after those influencer opportunities. How do you price yourself? Um, how do you pitch a brand? Um, because that's another uh, component. Um, and um, having a pitch deck, knowing your value is super important when it comes to, uh, you know, getting those opportunities. Um, like a quick example, I probably get... I don't know, and no, and no exaggeration, probably 10 to 20 outreaches a day um, to have um, my uh, people want uh, to be featured on my blog in some capacity. Some, uh, some want link exchanges, you know, um, a variety of different things, um, honestly. The point is, though, that when you have an immediate, your own media property, if you want to call it that, because technically it's, that's kind of what it is. When you have a blog that has traffic, you have opportunity that uh, can be monetized, like Mediavine is one. Um, paid uh, link exchanges are another. Um, featured, um, you know, featured ads on your on, on your website so your website can be very it can be monetized at a very high rate if you do the work on the front side you know um, it's just it's it, there's just so many ways that you can take advantage of opportunity and the same with could be said for your email you can sell sponsored email um, um, blast as well so there's just so many ways that uh, once you've you've built these assets that that they can become a consistent monetization stream for you all right so i want to key in once again i throw audibles all the time so this wasn't in the questions but i I want to ask this because I think so many people and I know I do and still do to a point struggle with this content creators when they're starting to monetize their content is you mentioned knowing your value one how do you how do you get your value and like that's another big thing that I see all I just had somebody message me just a, a friend of mine going hey what should I charge for this um, because that is a big issue. Like, do you charge as much as you can get? I mean, how do you find out your value? Because I think that is a big pain point for a lot of creators when they start monetization. Yes, and it's um, honestly, it's the one of the most um, undervalued pieces of um, a creator's uh, mindset, I think, you know, when it comes to understanding their value. So let me, let me rephrase, let me position this maybe uh, before I answer the question. You have to understand that the value that a brand is getting off of the back of the um, work that you've done potentially for years is pretty immense. So when you're trying to uh, value that, like, let's say, for example, you've been a creator and you've been creating content for three to five years, right? That's, and I, I get that some of you are 
probably at a at an earlier stage, but it could be any any amount of time. The point, though, really is that you pour uh, a lot of your sweat equity into building your community. Um, in some cases, you invest um, uh, financial uh, dollars in you know building out your infrastructure and um, connection and content creation and all of those things, and that and then the brand is coming along, and this is the key here. Most brands get five x on whatever it is that they pay to an influencer, especially these micro influencers right now. So when you are negotiating with a brand, the very one, uh, these are a couple of the questions that I usually ask. Um, I don't ask what their budget is because I want to dictate their budget. Okay. <laughs> so I usually go for that. I want to know what their customer acquisition cost is. So if, if, on average, depending on, a t let's say it's a tool, um, you know, a tool may have a customer acquisition cost of $600, right? That means if they were to pay for that traffic or that lead or that sale, the sale is the better way of saying it, it costs them $600 to get it if they were using paid media, okay? If they come to me or any other creator and I know that they're going to pay me X amount of dollars or I want X amount of dollars, um, what is the realistic amount of deals that I can uh, close for them? So let's say, for example, I'm recommending a tool um, and I know that I can probably send, let's just say, uh, let's just say on a low number, just for round, just rounding it down or round, or just giving round numbers to it. Let's say I think I can send 10 people um, to them that that's going to close, right? So that means 10 times uh, $600, do the math on that, right? So that's what the value to that brand is. So now that's, that's, you, you need to know that knowledge, you know, you need to have that knowledge, but there's also equations for your influence. Like, especially if you're just getting started and you don't have um, necessarily a lot of authority or expertise yet, you just have an audience of people that pay attention to your content. That's still value-based. So how do you assign a value to that? It's usually based on uh, a combination of how many followers you have, how much engagement you have. Um, that's a critical component um, that, any smart brand will want to know because if you even if you have an audience of a thousand people and nobody's paying attention to your content the chances of you being able to impact at a buying decision for those a thousand people are probably pretty small so it's a common short answer is there's a combination of things but understanding what what that brand is after and then the value they're going to get for it is a real uh, critical part of valuing because we're it's value-based pricing Mm -hmm. basically is what is the value of all the hard work that you've gotten and or, or putting put into building your platform versus you know oh i, I don't know that you know oh yeah i'll do a shout out for five hundred dollars <laughs> when they're going to make five thousand dollars yeah. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So you just have to be, you have to be in the know. You have to ask some of those smarter questions on the front side um, so that you can help dictate your price. That's that mic drop stuff right there. So I hope you guys all took notes because I need to copy your notes after class. Um, Paul, did you have a question? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm still taking notes on that one. That's so good. Um, I definitely go I have done that. I've made the mistake of saying, well, what's your budget? And let's figure it out from there. I love the idea of going the end around and figuring out what did that, what's the actual value proposition here and going at it that way. Love it. I'm taking, I'm taking more notes here than I thought. Um, this is great. <laughs> um, so you know, as far as monetization goes, have you seen any new trends or new platforms that are, that are emerging that we, we need to take note of? Well, the fascinating part about platforms in this space in particular, the creator economy. Um, so we didn't really talk about this on the front side, but I think this is such a really interesting um, distinction. You know, the whole term creator, uh, content creator, um, had kind of really took root in COVID. And, and then it spawned this whole creator economy um, phrase. But the reality is, we're, I don't care who you are as it relates to doing business online, um, 
whether you self-identify as being a content creator or not, we are. We all have been creating content for years, whether we, again, called ourselves a content creator. Um, if we're doing, if we're trying to attract people to us through content on this on social media or through a blog or um, anything, we are a content creator. And But uh, that said, uh, with this whole advent of the creator economy, there is so many um, resources now and so many platforms that are popping up to support this this creator economy mm -hmm. space, meaning the content creator themselves. So there are influencer platforms that you can sign up for. There are um, uh, outreach. Um, honestly, it's like everything is if you don't know where to go, you can hunt and peck for days. That's one of the things we, we basically an authority creator, we, we created a, uh, a, a a uh, um, resource. These are the top like influencer places you should go to try to find your uh, the opportunities, the people that are the brands that are looking for you, because there's so many of them and they're everywhere. Um, so how do you, you know again do this with intention without wasting your entire day? Because you could in absolutely waste your entire day uh, trying to find um, all of these amazing resources that are out there. Um, I guess if I was to say. Um, Again, going back to just doing this with intention and doing it from a principle-based perspective, the key is the when it comes to monetizing your your platform from an influencer perspective, you don't have to wait for people to bump into you anymore. You don't have to wait to have a big community. Um, there are brands out there today. In fact, my in my in my free community, I post brand deals all the time in there to showcase uh, that these deals are there. Like, uh, you know, like let's say for example, Nike is looking for, you know, people who like their brand new shoe and, you know, they're, they're looking for user generated content for TikTok or, or Instagram. Those deals are out there. Um, they give you the parameters. They tell you what they're looking for. In some cases they give you their rates. Um, and if you agree to do it for that, I mean, you apply. Uh, it's mm -hmm. it can be that simple. Um, so it's it's so e much easier today um, because all, there's so many resources at our fingertips. Um, it, like a lot of things, like a lot of information. The key is, you know, like just what having a resource instead of doing all the hunting and packing yourself because it can be overwhelming. I totally agree. And speaking, so gosh, this has been an incredible show. We only got a few more minutes left. So I'm going to, I'm going to jump to the, the final thing for like some tips for content creators, but I really wanted to go back with something you said about a customer acquisition, because once again, I think the biggest pain point for a lot of creators is finding that cost. What if, and I've had this happened when you have asked for their customer acquisition costs, they say, we won't tell you that's proprietary information. What do you do? Do you walk away or do you spitball it? I mean, what do you do in those? Or maybe they don't even know, which is another red flag. But what yeah. what do you do in those situations? Because I think that happens to more creators than is actually said a lot of times, like either the brand doesn't know or they don't want to tell you because that's proprietary and they don't want to give that out. Yeah, that's such a great question. And um, the real, I've never had somebody, a, a brand uh, tell me they won't tell me, um, you know, you're exactly right. Some don't know. Um, some don't uh, have not started uh, with paid media. So, mm. you know, they don't know essentially what it is that, you know, that like I'll give you a, a, a for example, I worked with this brand one time, I won't name them, but they were a video tool and they were trying to build uh, their um you know, customer build out their customer base right. through influencer relationships. So they had done no paid media. So they had no frame of reference for um, what it was going to cost them to work with an influencer. So um, it's not to say that you don't necessarily want to work with, with brands like that, um, but they're more difficult. And this is the reason uh, I will say that because the expectations that they have can sometimes be unrealistic because they have no frame of reference for what their expectations should be. Um, um, for example, if a brand tells you that they just want brand awareness, most of the time they are lying to you. Okay. 
<laughs> so um, at the end of the day, they want sales. I mean, they want new signups for their, their tool or their product or whatever it is that they want you to uh, recommend to your audience. Um, I've only worked with one brand uh, over the, and I've done over, um, I think a 1.2 million in brand deals. Um, and I've only worked with one brand in that time that was a true brand awareness campaign. All the other ones would might tell me that they wanted brand awareness, but they were disappointed if they didn't get the, the sales that they wanted. And the reason that this is super important for you to understand is the campaign that you do for them needs to be designed for whatever outcome that they're wanting. And this is super powerful. So let's say a brand comes to me and they want brand awareness. Um, well, what is that campaign going to look like? It could be anything because you're just touting, you know, it could be I'm going to I'm going to have a mug that has them. Uh, right. It could be it could be anything. But if they want sales, um, then you and they but they this is the key. If they want sales and they want to do a sponsored blog, well, if, the expectation is that you're going to publish that blog and they're going to get all these sales because you published this blog. Newsflash, that ain't what's going to happen. <laughs> um, you're going to publish the blog and, you know, it's going to be a blog is a long play. Um, it takes time for sales to come through. Um, so if they're wanting to get sales consistently over a period of time, then absolutely a sponsored blog is gonna work. So the reason I'm sharing this with you is setting expectations on the front side with the relationship that you establish with a brand is going to be super important because if they don't get what they think they should, then are they going to continue to work with you? Right. Um, so I, I think I deviated a little bit from your question, no, but that's great. I, I think that was important um, to make that you, you have to know what their goal is and going back to knowing their customer acquisition costs, that's a part of the conversation. If they, but I will tell you this, this is another important thing. On average, now this is not true for like across the board, and it, I can't make a blanket statement on this, but on average, um, using paid media, depending on the, cost, the, the cost of the thing, you know, whatever it is, but I'll, I'll give you an example from like my program, for example. Um, it cost 600 to $1,200 to get a 5,000 plus sale. Okay, so who's not going to pay on the high side $1,200 to get a $5,000 sale using paid media? Everybody would do that, right? Um, that's, the, that's what gives you leverage when it comes to the brand is if you kind of know what the average for say like a SaaS tool is, if you're, if you're going to be recommending a SaaS tool, what's the average customer acquisition cost? Google it. You'll probably find it. Mm -hmm. um, and then that, if, if they don't tell you, that'll give you a baseline. Mm. So much good information here. We've got all these people saying like, uh, like Lynn saying fire. Uh, so we only have time for like one question because I need to let people know where they can all find all you both of you guys. But this is from Gary and I want to get him because he watches every week and he's such a great supporter of the show. But he goes, how do you keep all counting on these streams organized? Because, Ooh. you know, this is a really great question because you can... We both have got on the struggle bus probably with taxes before. I think all of us as creators have. So... What do you do to help uh, keep accounting for this? Like, what are just some really easy tips, Kim? Yeah. And so um, I love making money, but I suck at managing it. Um, <laughs> I, will, I will be totally honest. Um, so, you know, you give me a spreadsheet of numbers and I, my eyes cross. Uh, you know, it is not my zone of genius at all. Um, and, and it can get you into a lot of trouble. So, um, honestly, your best strategy, if you're, if you're a solo entrepreneur and you don't, if this, you know, money is not your, your zone of genius, managing it, whatever you can use like QuickBooks to kind of help you uh, keep track of things. Um, but absolutely hire a bookkeeper um, and have somebody else do your taxes because it is, I know it sounds like it's an expense and yes, it is, but it can really save you a ton of money in the long run uh, and potentially legal issues if you're not doing it correctly. Um, so I, I don't do it myself anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, well, just because I just don't do it well. Um, <laughs> I so, so I'm with you. And, and one of it, it's just like, 
not at waking up in the middle of the night scared the IRS is going to knock down your door and, and, and capture yeah. you and put a black bag over your head. Is that just the, the amount of peace that that brings having somebody else take care of that is uh, wonderful. So we have run out of time. You guys have been so great. You So many good questions today. Um, but Kim, I want to give you a time to tell about like Authority Creator, which you mentioned a couple times, but where people can find you and all about that. Yeah, absolutely. So Authority Creator is a program uh, that's been kind of my life's work, actually, and in, in, uh, filling the holes uh, from a monetization perspective, building the foundation that will support monetizing your business correctly. Um, and it's for uh, anyone who wants to do this for other creators. So there's a business opportunity attached to it, um, but it's a double-sided coin. It is also for the individual creator who knows that they need, um, you know, the things in their business that they don't have, you know, they they don't have a website that you know generates leads for them. Um, they don't have clear messaging. Uh, they don't. They're not building an email list. Uh, they don't have an offer uh, that ultimately is going to create revenue for them. So that's what Authority Creator uh, is really designed. It's it's designed to help uh, a, a creator monetize their business at the highest level that they can. Specifically, helping them get to 10k months um, consistently. Wow. So I highly recommend Kim Garsh. You can find all about her at KimGarsh.com for you guys listening on the podcast. So make sure to check her out. And last but totally not least is my friend, Paul Gowder. So Paul, thank you for being here, being the co-host, asking these great, great questions. So where can people find out all about Paul Gowder? Yeah, I'd love to um, help you out with your your needs too. As far as email marketing or building an online community, you can learn more about me over at PaulGowder.com. And make sure you guys go check out his uh, episode a couple uh, weeks ago um, about email marketing because it's a really, really great show. And with that, we thank you guys so much. Gary, thank you for being here. Uh, Maggie, thank you for being here. We've got so many great uh, comments today uh, saying like, you know, Kim was on fire and all this. Uh, thank you guys so much for your feedback. We appreciate you. Uh, let us know if you'd like us to do another show about live shopping or email marketing. Let us know what you'd like us to talk about. I will go and scour the interwebs for an extra and we'll bring them on the show. So let us know what you'd like to us to, to talk about. Thank you for our um, sponsors, Ecamm. You can find out more about them at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. And with that, we'll see you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Social Media News Live.